Hey, I'm Brian Brister, a worship leader, certified health coach, and fashion photographer. Welcome to the Brian Brister Experience Podcast. I'll be sharing with you from a myriad of topics that I gather from suggestions I receive on my social media accounts or in conversation with friends. I'll also interview cool people doing cool things in the world, probably while drinking coffee, definitely while drinking water. Thanks for joining Last week, we left off in my interview with my friend Carol Keene with him telling me that a year ago, he had given up coffee completely, which was quite a shock to me. But then once I thought about it, I was like, wait a minute, this kind of sounds like something that Carol would do just to see. So today, we kick off that conversation right here with Carol explaining why he chose to give up coffee. I know that you are a person who often likes to create new challenges in your life (laughs) and your body just to see if you can do them. Was that where coffee came from or was it something else that triggered that? No, it was. Yeah. And this actually gets us into a bit of a mental health discussion, which we can have and that would be great. Typically, a lot of these challenges that I attempt in my life and in my health are centered around health issues that I've had my whole life that that have really only gotten better, which is amazing. I mean, I'm thankful for it, but coffee's particularly, so I've had, it wasn't a diagnosis, but it was a strong recommendation to be diagnosed by two separate doctors that I have bipolar disorder. And so the thing about bipolar is that there's such these strong swings for weeks, you'll be high as a kite, super, everything's awesome. Everything's going to work. And then for weeks or months, you're down, down and depressed. And so anything you can do to kind of cut out stimulus in your life that mimics that, for lack of a better term, is good. And so I just realized that I would probably get better and more stable if I quit caffeine. And that ended up being really, really true. I also didn't realize how much of my anxiety was linked to caffeine. Like, holy crap. Wow. I quit caffeine and I remember like a week into it, I had this feeling, the beginning of anxiety in my tummy. And I don't know if this is how everybody experiences anxiety, but for me, anxiety starts in my tummy and then kind of rises up. I just kind of feel it like, like just in invading my whole person. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I'm kind of lifted up by it and I can't focus on what I'm doing, but the anxiety stayed in my tummy. And I was like, I think I'm just worried about something like worry is not that bad compared to anxiety. I'm like worrying because it's just chills there. And you're like, oh, okay, here's the thing I'm worried about. Okay. uh, You know, I can be rational about this. Whereas anxiety just kind of takes over your system. And I noticed, I mean, man, I am, I'm not never anxious anymore, but it is honestly like 90% better. My gosh, that is incredible. And I, I, I don't know a lot about anxiety or bipolar, but I do know that a lot of people struggle with those and a lot of people don't necessarily know how to deal with them and especially not how to deal with them without medical help or a lot of medications. So talk a little bit more about what that has looked like for you in different ways that you've approached that. Yeah, happy to. You're right. And actually at our church in C3, I was asked to speak for two, three minutes at the staff meeting. And I called my talk, the anxiety killer. And I won't get into all the theological things I explored, but when I was praying about this talk, I heard God say, talk about caffeine. (laughs) 
And if you go to church, you know, coffee is just below Jesus <laughs> on like the loves of the church. I mean, if you don't drink three cups of coffee a day at church, you're a weirdo. And so I did, I, I spoke, I, I gave my little anxiety thing. And the crux of the message was, you might have actually heard it because I, I gave a version of it at a pre-church rally. But essentially it's like, we're, we're living our life right now pre-eternity. And C.S. Lewis said in his allegory, Chronicles of Narnia, that our life is like the title page to a book that never ends. And so our anxiety is always a title page problem. And there's so much book that will happen that is going to be perfect and just a, a little perspective on anxiety. But anyway, so at the end of it, I was like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but coffee's not serving you. <laughs> and I'm like ducking, like someone's going to throw their coffee at me. But it ended up a couple of people actually came up to me in the, of course, this always happens. You know, you're afraid to say something and then. A couple of people came up and said, I, yeah, I've been thinking like, should I, should I quit coffee or should I, you know, at least lower my intake a lot because it's, it's, it's giving me anxiety and this is what I needed to, to do it. I've explored a lot of ways to moderate my mental health situation. I also diagnosed with ADHD at age 18. So I try to ask myself this question, what does everybody else do that I'm just doing, but I shouldn't be doing? because of who I am and how my body works. And I think that's led me to a lot of interesting places as, as you know, some of them, but coffee is definitely up there. I mean, who doesn't drink caffeine? I mean, it's like, but it was a, it was a big one. And the other thing that I do is I try to maximize my sleep. That's a whole other challenge, but attempting to get to bed at around the same time, getting up at the same time, I eat very, 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 very healthy. I realized pretty early that carbs gave me a similar kind of addictive rush feeling that caffeine was giving me. And so I haven't, I haven't regularly eaten carbs in many, many years, just because I, I recognized that they kind of whisked me away on this train of delusion if I did it regularly. And so I think what characterizes my, you know, I don't have anything hard and fast to tell people, but I think the, the, the biggest thing is don't be afraid to relook at everything you're doing and stop just saying, well, everybody does this and they're fine. Like, y'all, you're not everybody else. Sorry. I mean, it'd be great. <laughs> it'd be great if I was one of those skinny people that could eat, you know, Pop-Tarts for breakfast every day and drink all night and feel good and like yada, 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 yada. But I'm not. You just, you just said so many things that I have faults on. So I'll just start with what you said right there at the end is like taking a look at everything that you do in life. And a lot of those things are things that other people do, but are they benefiting you? And I think that's a great lesson, not just for someone who has mental health disorders, but for any area of your life, like there are things that I do that I have justified because everyone else is doing them, but they don't serve me. And I know that they don't serve me, but I continue to justify them because all of those people still quote unquote, get to do those things. And I think back to when I was a kid, my mom would always be like, if everybody jumped off of a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? <laughs> and I was like, probably depends on how much water's down there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's a great thing. And I mean, that's, that's the, the fun slash not so fun part of being an adult who's open to growth is being willing to take a look at everything in your life and go, is this serving me? Is this benefiting me? 
is this helping me become the person that I want to be or the person that I feel I was created to be? I think that I, I, because of certain factors in my life, one being that I have, I don't identify with these disorders. I'm not trying to be some weird, like, I'm not going to speak the name, but I just don't think like, oh, I have ADHD or, oh, I have bipolar. I recognize that I have those inclinations and then I try to deal with them, but I try not to like associate strongly with it. But I've known this my whole life. Like part of me knew like something's, something's a little different. And so I think just early on, I recognized that like something's different in me. And when I do things that other people do, different things happen. And I think that was really challenging. It's really hard to, to come to terms with that. But I think it's a great gift now because I think even though I have to do it to a more extreme than a lot of people, I think, I think I can inspire people to do it in their own small ways. I'm the guy that would hit rock bottoms quicker than anybody else. If I ate a potato chip right now, I would eat three bags of potato chips. Not everybody's like that. Not everybody has to have the same stringent restrictions as I do. And so I can either like boohoo and like be poor me, or I can think I can be an inspiration to people to what's their version of that. Everybody's got something. Everybody can look at their life. What's serving me? Like, am I on Instagram too much? Or what do I watch too much TV? Or my neighbor watches, my girlfriend watches all this TV. So why shouldn't I? It's like, think for yourself. That's true. And I think that's a great challenge for everyone out there who is wanting to grow is to just take some time and look through those things and see, are these things still serving you? The other thing you talked about was sleep. And for everyone who knows me knows that I am a huge fan of sleep, really prioritize healthy sleep. And so I have been the guy who is in bed by 10 PM at the latest and up by 630 at the latest for as long as I can remember. There are, there are nights that it's a little later. There are mornings that it's a little earlier, a little later, but I am very consistent with my sleep to the point that most people know that I want to be surrounded by 150 people 98% of the time. And I have severe FOMO if I ever know that anybody else is hanging out and I'm not. But when it comes time for bed, mm-mm, peace out, y'all. Y'all do whatever y'all want. I'm going to go. So what does that look like for you? Because I know you and I have talked a bit. And I mean, this was well over a year ago, the last time that we talked about what sleep was looking like for you at that point. Yeah. Well, first off, you just described something that I love about people where their nature is a certain way, but they've kind of realized something that's important to them and they've like overcome their nature. For me, it's not impressive if I was sleeping 10 hours a night because I, I don't hang out with people. Like (laughs) I, I'm such, I'm a raging introvert. I like my one-on-ones. I like my daytime copies, but Like if you ask me to leave my house after like 6 p.m., I'm like, are you effing crazy? Like, no. So I love, I. so you're describing like, that's a huge thing. Your nature, I would guess if I had to, Brian probably stays up late all the time because I know you love to be, you know, around people, you're social and all that, uh, all those things that I love about you. So I'm always impressed when someone like overcomes that. Yeah, so my sleep, dude, I was right there with you for so long. I would, I was getting... I realized that I feel better when I get nine hours of sleep. So I was like, well, let's, let's just get nine hours of sleep. Like I blacked out my room. It was cool in there. Uh, I had my little nighttime routine journal. I do maybe a cold shower, all these things, dude, I don't sleep now. It's, 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 it's probably, it's, it's a struggle and it has nothing to do with having a newborn baby. Actually, strangely, <laughs> I was going to, it, no, it doesn't, it doesn't. 
and that was like the joke, the like the church joke. Like when I would ask for prayer for my sleep, like a year ago, I'd be like, oh, it'll get you ready for having a baby. And it actually has. So I struggle with restless limb syndrome. And it's it's this thing where basically I have an overactive nervous system. So anything that kind of comes into my body's sphere, my body is just like, let's go F that up. Like let's overreact to deal with this thing. It's why I, it probably is linked to these bipolar tendencies where I just have like an insane amount of energy all the time. So it's hard for me to get to sleep. It's hard for me to, to stay asleep. And then even when I'm tired and exhausted, I will, I will experience RLS. And it's these sensations in my limbs that basically kind of, it's almost like a tingle that turns into this sharp nerve pain. And it, I, I'm not positive how to get rid of them. Even after all these years, the best way for me to get rid of it is to get up and do something stimulating and get my mind off of it, which for someone that doesn't go to sleep easily is not fun because I have to go stimulate myself and then go back to try to go to sleep. It's, it's rough, dude. I don't talk about it a lot because it's a huge bummer and I don't like to dwell on bummers. Like I, I'm not, you know, rejecting the reality, but I just would prefer to like focus on positive things. But the reality is that I went from getting eight or nine hours of sleep every night without fail to, I don't think I've had more than three nights in a row of eight hours of sleep in an, a year or two. And I, it, t- like a good night is seven hours that I'll get like once a week and a bad night, like two nights ago is like three or four. And I've just had to like, dude, like imagine yourself after four hours of sleep. Like I was a grumpy asshole a couple years ago when I get four hours of sleep. But when you get that over and over and over again, you have two options. You can either just be a grumpy asshole all the time, or you can be like, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to not be a grumpy asshole. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to, like, this is just reality. Like, yes, I, be- I pray about it. I believe that God can heal me. I do all these things. I try to eat healthy. I try to do all these things. But at the end of the day, Paul had a thorn in his side. And I don't know what the thorn was, but this feels like a thorn. And I know that Paul didn't just like instantly assume God was going to take it away. And so I've just had to work on my attitude, my gratitude, my attitude, and try to not be the grumpy asshole when I'm not getting sleep. Don't use it as an excuse. And now, strangely, like when I've had this baby, I, I'm up with her. We have kind of a system. I'm up with her until like 1 a.m. to kind of make sure she's sleeping. And then I'll go to bed. And then Julissa kind of takes the second shift. And so I can thrive on six hours of sleep. Like it's not my choice, but now that I've kind of walked the journey, you know, Julie's struggling because she doesn't used to not getting sleep. And so she's going through her, you know, like she, you know, might not be able to function or she's a little crabby. And so I've been able to be the one that's like steady and the rock because it's just like, dude, like I don't sleep even when I don't have a baby. So it's fine. I love that you spoke to the fact that you have a choice to not be the way that you feel uh, and to not use that as an excuse because the moment that you were like, imagine yourself before I was asleep. And I was like, oh, God help everyone. (laughs) But you make a great point. Just because I feel a certain way doesn't mean that I have to allow that to affect every conversation that I'm in or every person that I come in contact with, or everything that I do that day. A couple of weeks ago, I was visiting my sister in Arkansas, 
And she asked me if I wanted to go to the casino, by the way, the answer is always yes. <laughs> and so we didn't get home until like four 30 in the morning. Oh. And here's the thing about Brian Brister is that it doesn't matter how late he goes to sleep. He is still going to wake up by seven 30 at the latest, usually six 30. But yes. so then that meant that I only got three hours of sleep that night and I was struggling all day long. And that afternoon I caught myself in conversation being a bit more snippy. And I was like, I, I'm sorry. I don't even know why I'm doing this. I just am. I'm just le- more reactive. And so, yeah, I think that, I mean, not that I want to go have three hours of sleep for the next eight days so that I can learn, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that it is great to recognize that the next time that I'm in that position, that it is a choice to. I think God is dealing with like an idol of mine was performing at a hundred percent. I wanted to be a hundred percent all the time. What if I could be, it was just a fun question that I had to myself. What if I could always feel like I was a hundred percent all the time. And I started to motivate myself that way with my eating habits so that it wasn't connected to my body so much. So there was a lot of really good reasons for this attitude, you know, because you can like, you can eat healthy seven days a week and then you could have a donut. And the next day, like you kind of look the same, like you, maybe you didn't even gain that much weight, but, but you're going to feel like if I had a donut right now, the next day, like I would feel in my brain different. And so, and that's what people don't really understand, especially if you eat donuts every day, like never don't, you never feel bad because you always (laughs) feel bad. (laughs) Like you've never hit a hundred percent of your life, bro. Like you're rocking 60. So, so that was the genesis of that, but it, it led me to live my life conditionally. It was like, Oh, I'm going to perform at my best if I can do the things in order to make me feel at a hundred. And it's kind of like viewing yourself as a soldier versus an athlete. I think Tim Ferriss has this idea where a soldier trains themselves to operate at any conditions. I got to be able to perform as good as I can, no matter what the conditions are. The athlete trains themselves to perform well in very specific conditions. And I realized that I was having an athlete mentality when to the world, you're a soldier out in the world. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, you know, how you're going to need to perform, you know, especially with a baby, dude. It's like, oh, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep tonight. And the baby's like, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be like, hey, baby, I have a big day tomorrow. I have all these meetings, you know, let's just, I got to be able to, I got to be a soldier. I got to be able to perform no matter what. So it, it was a really hard lesson to learn for me because I was kind of in that athlete mentality. It was like, what if I could just get everything right. I could get my diet right. I could get my sleep right. I just feel great all the time. And I could do so much. Didn't work out that way. Hmm. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think that a lot of us without realizing would prefer to be the athlete in that regard because, Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Like I want, I want everything to be exactly the way that I want it. And good. I mean, look at the last month of your life. How many of those days were that very few, like more often <laughs> than not, you have everything that you don't want coming at some point in the day. So. Okay. Not even going to lie. I am so amped about this conversation. Guys, this, uh, this could not have turned out more beautifully than I had imagined it was already going to, but there is also another part. (laughs) So this is the end of part two. I'm going to cut it here And then next week, come back for the final episode with Carol, where we talk a bit more about health and addictions 
and wrap it all back up, bring it back to the original episode of creativity and what that looks like in our lives currently. I really, really think you're going to dig next week's episode as well. See you then. Whether this was your first time listening or you've been around for a while, I'd love it if you would share this episode with at least one person you think may enjoy it. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at Brian Brister for a more behind the scenes look at my life. You can also send me a DM or comment on my most recent Instagram post, whatever it is, if there's a specific topic you'd like to hear me speak on, or if you have questions about something I said today. That's all for me. I'll be back next week. Until then, do good, be well. Oh, and drink some water.